And Father, this morning we just pray your anointing upon your word. Lord, we're asking for your help, for the Spirit of the Lord to come and to move among us today. Lord, just open our ears and open our eyes and give us vision, give us hearts that are open and tender. Lord, to receive the word of the Lord. And Lord, may it bring forth much fruit. And above everything, may Jesus be glorified. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I'm going to speak this morning just in some ways following uh, on from uh, last, last Sunday morning. And let's stay... Last week we looked at the, the fall of Babylon the Great and I believe that that is a, an imminent reality and that financial structure, world system is edging ever closer to a complete collapse and we, I believe, need to be prepared for the days in which we're living. We need to be ready. We need to have our eyes open, our ears open spiritually and we need to be a people that glorify the Lord in the fires. The fires, of course, speak of the trials and the tribulations of the last days. And that's the title of the message. It's the final remnant that glorify the Lord in the fires. God always has a remnant. Always has a remnant. If you look throughout Scripture, throughout every age, throughout every culture, throughout every 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 uh, different dispensation of God and the faith, you'll find that there's always a, a people, there's always a remnant that God has, no matter how bad it gets. Uh, there's always a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's always a people in the midst of all of that. There's always a people that God has in the midst for a voice, for a demonstration of His power, for His glory, for His honor, and for His name. Uh, in Nehemiah, in the days when Babylon had come up and there was utter destruction, we just simply read there in the opening chapter that there was a remnant that was left of the captivity that are in the province. or They were in great affliction and reproach. And the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. The gates were burned with fire. But there was a remnant. There's always a remnant. There's always a people, no matter how small or insignificant they may be, there's always a remnant with God and there will be a remnant in these last days in which we're living. In Romans chapter 11, we read there that, that in verse 3, and it's in reference to Elijah, and Elijah said, Lord, they've killed thy prophets, they've digged down thy altars, and I am left alone and they seek my life. But what says the answer of God unto him, I've reserved to myself 7,000, praise the Lord. There is a remnant, there is 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so, at this present time, there's also a remnant according to the election of grace. In other words, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how much trouble there is coming, and I want to be very clear, I, I see it very simple, very real, that it's like standing on the platform and looking at a train coming. It's all coming down the track. And there's all different carriages, but carriage after carriage is going to bring in the final judgments of God as He pours out His judgments upon the earth. We're already experiencing that. And you might think we're moving out of COVID and everything's going to be fine. I don't think we do believe that. We are just about to witness the judgments of God upon this earth. But there's a remnant 
And it's not just here. There's a remnant across this island. There's a remnant across this world. There are a people who God has at this hour that will glorify the Lord in the fires, in the trials. You're experiencing, if you're a true believer of the Lord, and I believe I'm looking at all of you this morning, you're experiencing the intensity of the spirit of the age. You may not always be able to put your finger on it or understand it or wonder why things are the way they are in your life or in your home or in your workplace. But what you're experiencing is the intensity that there will be in the last days, the intensity of the spirit of Antichrist as it rises. But in the midst of that, there is a people that God has and they will, you will glorify the Lord in the fire. There are some notable characteristics of the remnant that I just want to mention. You might feel that there are others. You're most likely right as well, but there's some that I believe are crucial of the remnant that we talk about so often. The word remnant, uh, Brother Clendenin said once, it was a people who have survived a crisis. And I, I believe we're in a crisis, and I believe there's a remnant. But here are some of the crucial characteristics of the remnant. Number one, they love Jesus with all of their heart. That's simply, and it's so simple that they just are people that love the Lord. Their lives have been transformed by Jesus. They love Jesus with all of their heart. But not only do they love the Lord, but they love the body. They love the brethren. They have a passion for the body of Christ. They want to see the body of Christ raised up as that one man filled with the Holy Ghost and power glorifying the Lord in the fire. Wherever that body assembles, they have a passion and a love for the body of Christ. They also have a love for the Word of God. They, they, they treasure the Word of God. They, they, they love God's Word. They love the treasure and the depth of the Word of God. They're a people that are faithful. They are unbending. They're full of faith. They have a wisdom that is not from this world. It's a heavenly wisdom that God gives them. They are vessels that are full of the oil. That's full of the Holy Ghost. They're a people that shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. They have vision. They're able to see beyond this present world, this present dispensation, the natural things of this life. But as the hymn writer says, they can see beyond that there's a land that is fairer in day, and by faith they can see it afar. There are people that have ears. They hear what God is saying. God speaks to them and they listen and they hear and they respond to that because I'm not talking about these ears. I'm talking about the ear of the heart. They have an ability to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And lastly, I believe this is another mark of the remnant. They have a deep concern for the souls of men and women because they realize the hour in which we've come to. This final remnant, this final remnant in our reading is mentioned when it says, when thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be a shaking of the olive tree and as a gleaning of the grapes when the vintage is done. In other words, when the harvest has already been taken in, that there is a remaining few on the tree. That's the remnant of the Lord. I remember years ago when we were kids, my dad used to take us up. I'm sure you have all done it, but we would go up to the giant's ring outside Beaver at the time of the conkers, and my dad would take us all up and their wellies on around that season and we'd find those conquer trees. But sometimes we'd be a little bit late and my dad knew of another tree that nobody really went to. 
and he took us up there in the Ballycoan Road just past Purdishburn Village and we'd trample across the farmer's field. I don't think they were too happy. But we would get into that, that field and then we'd look up and sometimes when we've just been a bit late, you'd find that there was conkers, just a few of them left. And so we'd get sticks and everything else and we'd throw it up to try and get the last remaining conkers and then, when you couldn't get the stick up, you'd maybe climb up when you're a bit older, and you'd begin to shake the branch. Final few conkers, the final few that remain on the tree, the gleaning of the grapes, the shaking of the olive tree. There's a great shaking, brothers and sisters. There's a great shaking. The world is being shaken as the judgments of God is being poured upon it because of the sins of the world. And so we're living in a moment of time that I believe that this is the final remnant. It's my personal belief that we're seeing and looking at the final remnant. We're looking at the last days. The last of the last days. We're looking at a people in these final moments of time that God has divinely, sovereignly purposed to be born in this generation in order that they would glorify the Lord in the fires and the trials and the tribulations of the last days. Don't think it a strange thing about the fiery trials that you're experiencing. Every believer, it seems, in every home is experiencing those very trials, but there's a purpose of the Lord. And there's a plan of God in the midst of it all that God will bring forth a people for His glory and they will glorify the Lord in the trial. The Bible tells us that when you pass through the waters, that He will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord thy God. I'm the Holy One of Israel. I'm your Savior. You note that the Word says, when you pass through, when you pass through the fire. In other words, since the remnant, I believe this, that the remnant of the last days are going to pass through the fire. We're going to be tried. We're going to go in to times of great tribulation. We're in them in the beginning of sorrows. But in the midst of all of that, there's a purifying of that bride. And there's the glory of Christ in that bride. And there's a song in that bride. And praise the Lord, friends, this morning, that remnant will glorify the Lord in the fire. The backdrop, of course, of the remnant is what we looked at last week. It is a a complete desolation of everything of what man is trusted in. There is an almighty collapse of this commercial, uh, business, financial Babylon system. There's the religious part of it. There's also uh, the whole financial structure. And that's the backdrop of you looking Isaiah 24 with me, the first five verses there. I want to bring to you the, the backdrop of this this remnant to glorify the Lord. In verse 1 it says, and these are the prophetic utterances concerning the last days, the Lord will make the earth empty and He will make it waste. The Lord will turn the whole earth upside down, scatter abroad the inhabitants thereof. Verse 3 says, the land shall be utterly emptied, utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken His word. The earth mourns and fades away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. 
Now the earth, listen carefully, is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. The, the turmoil of our world is not climate change. It's not because of what man has been creating as far as what he burns and what he sprays and what, what he consumes. The reason that the earth is in the shape and the condition is in is because of the transgressions of man. Man has has transgressed, and so the weight and the curse of man's sin is upon the earth. We have changed, look what it says, the ordinance. We have transgressed the laws of the Lord, and we have broken the everlasting covenant. In other words, the change that's happening. You know, I've seen an article just the other day that David Attenborough says that men, humankind, are intruders upon the earth. It would be better without us here. That's not the truth. Sorry, I know David's a very intelligent man, but I want to tell you something, friends, this morning. Listen carefully. God created man. He is the glory and the center of his creation. Man willingly rebelled and sinned against God, but God had given man dominion over all the animals and all of this earth. It is man that has willingly disobeyed God. And the redemption of all of that is through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. The earth is is under the weight of the sins of men and the governments that have rebelled against God. In mercy 18 of the same chapter it says, And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into a pit. And he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open and the foundations of the earth begin to shake. Does anyone identify that the earth is being shaken? There is a tremendous shaking in our day. Verse 19 says, The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is cleaned us off. The earth is moved exceedingly. Verse 20 says, The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall and it shall not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on the high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall gather together as prisoners are gathered in a pit and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. Verse 23, you'll experience and be able to identify the similar language. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun shall be ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients gloriously. We, we listen very carefully. We are witnessing, I believe, the fulfillment of these verses, the beginning of them, certainly. We are seeing the earth is being shaken like a drunkard, back and forward, back and forward. Governments don't know what to do or what to turn to, or who to turn to. Policy after policy. And all the apparatus and all the machinery of man at his best is trying to fix a world that is desperately broken. And the only answer for a broken world and a broken life is Jesus. Nothing else. The remnant, or the final remnant, are a people that will experience and face. And this maybe doesn't go down well in the Western side of the church, but it is something that many a believer across this globe live every day, will face unimaginable 
outpourings of the judgments of God in the nations. We are actually seeing that already. If you turn over into Revelation chapter 15, Revelation chapter 15, I, I want to show you that in these couple of chapters here, just very briefly, but there is the outpouring of the seven last plagues. Now, I know that in the end times that people have different views concerning when the rapture takes place. You know that I believe that the church goes through the tribulation, and at the end of that time, Christ will come for the church. So I believe that the church needs to be prepared. I believe that Christians need to be prepared for what's coming. There is an aspect to it, and I respect all the different beliefs in end times, but there is an aspect to it that we're getting out of here so it doesn't really matter. I'm here to tell you, friends, we're not getting out of here. We will one day, but we need to be a people that know what it is to have faith, to love the Lord, to stand for Him, to be prepared for whatever's coming down the line. And so it's important that the church is prepared and ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 15, verse 1, it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For them is filled up the wrath of God, and as I saw it, as it were, a sea sea of glass mingled with fire. Remember the word fire. They will glorify the Lord in the fire. And them that have gotten the victory. Listen, there's an awful lot of people saying, what do you think about the mark, the beast, the image, the antichrist, and so forth. I believe it's important to know these things. But I thank God this morning that we get the victory over the beast. We get the victory over the image. We get the victory over His... Would someone say amen? amen? Thank God this morning that Jesus is greater than the Antichrist, the image, the beast, the mark, and everything that's going to happen. It is going to happen, but praise the Lord, there's one inside of us, and that's why we can say we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that have gotten the victory... Praise the Lord, we get the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name. And they stand on a sea of glass having harps of God. And they sing, they sing the song of Moses and the servants of the Lord and the song of the Lamb. And they sing, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. Thou, King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. The manifestation of the judgments of God then follows in chapter 15 and chapter 16. They're known as the seven last plagues. I personally don't believe that it necessarily all falls together in chronological order. I believe that when we look at that, God lays it out that way for us, but there'll be an overlapping, there'll be an overlapping of these last plagues that seem to fall upon the earth. We are already seeing it. We're seeing and witnessing the judgments of God on planet earth. But God gives a people, a remnant in the midst of that, the victory, to live that victory. They, God gives the people a song in the midst of the fires that glorify the Lord. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory. There's a victory in the intensity and the sense of the spiritual opposition to the church of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord this morning. We've got a song that we can sing in the midst of this. 
In verse 21, in, in our reading in Isaiah 24, I want to just go back to that for a moment. It says these words in Isaiah 24, It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the most high of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. They shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in a pit, and it shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days they shall be visited. Verse 23 says these words. I want you to listen carefully to this verse. Then the moon shall be confounded, and the sun shall be ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. We're talking here at the end of this period about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many people believe in the literal second coming of the Lord? Praise the Lord. Every believer should have put their hand up. We believe this. Literally, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. The prophet Zechariah begins to reveal to us some things, and I want to share this this morning, what's happening. You know, the, the world is caught up with the pandemic, the, the, the COVID pandemic, and, and the, the whole operation that is going with that. But I want to tell you something. You, you, need to, you need to get a bigger view of what's taking place. You need to see that, it, that it's beyond just COVID-19. I'm not belittling that in any way. What I'm saying is that there's something so much greater that's taking place on this earth. And it is going to develop and unfold, I believe, very quickly. I do believe this very quickly. Prophet Zechariah says in Zechariah 12 and 2, he reveals to us there that God says, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about, and they shall be in siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Now remember that we have just read that the Lord... The Lord will come again and he will reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Zechariah says that concerning the city, and I believe the significance is the city, the city of Jerusalem will become a cup of trembling unto all the people round about and they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Now while the whole world is taken up with the virus and, and so forth, and there'll be other things that will come in the back of that, that that's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. We, sh- we shouldn't be shocked that these things are happening. It's shocking what is happening, but we should not be alarmed or shocked. Because the Bible clearly teaches us, if we believe the Bible, that these things must be, they must come to pass. What happens and what has been happening is in God's divine purpose and in his, if you like, his prophetic calendar, Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, has been a cup of trembling to the whole world. If you, if you understand that, that after 2,000 years, that the city of Jerusalem and Israel as a nation was brought back sovereignly by God, after the Second World War. And since that point, if you follow it in any sense of the word, you'll understand that 
the, the, the city of Jerusalem is a cup of trembling to the whole nations of the world. It really is. It's a cup of trembling. Because the Bible says it would be. I'm a believer in the Bible. And so the cup of trembling as Jerusalem, as we read, that there will be a siege. And verse 3 of Zechariah 12 says, that in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. Government after government, nation after nation, the United Nations, the United States, the United Kingdom, and all the nations of the world have for now decades been trying to deal with a problem that's a burdensome stone. It's, it's, an, it's a cup of trembling to the nations of the world. Now something tremendous is happening. It's so important that you understand the, the end times as it were. And I know people would be much more gifted than me to share this, but I will share what I know. I'll certainly not share what I don't know, but I'll share what I believe and what I know. The, the, the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem in particular, God has sovereignly purposed until the fullness of the Gentiles come in that there's a blindness has taken part amongst the Jewish people. He came unto his own, his own received him not. And as that blindness has come or fallen upon them, this is the age of the Gentiles. In other words, the Gentiles were being grafted in to, to, to the grace of God and come in to the knowledge of Christ. But there's a blindness in Israel. It's, it's a remarkable thing, but God is sovereign and God is over it all. And so they cannot see. They cannot see. He came unto his own and his own received him not and they crucified him. And so there's a blindness in Israel. Now there's something quite profound that has taken place, particularly in the last 40 or 50 years since they became a nation again. I was speaking to a missionary who's been there for 35 years. Just last year he went out with his wife. And at that time when he went out, he knew no more than about four or five people. This is the truth across most of that nation. And he was involved in a lot of things. Four or five people who were born again Christians. Today, there's literally tens of thousands of born again Christians, both Jews and Arabs, that meet together as one new man, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, born of the Spirit and washed in the blood. It is a tremendous, it is a miracle what has taken place. What happens is, in Zechariah again, it tells us that as that city has become surrounded as the nation, that God in Zechariah 12 and verse 10 will begin to pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And they'll mourn. There's a, there's a longing. What, what happens, and this is my honest belief, what happens is that there's a divine spiritual outpouring of the Holy Ghost to awaken the people of Israel to their Savior whom they've been longing and waiting for. The tragedy of all tragedies, if you ever look at it, what, what probably is one of the most disturbing things ever to watch is those that go to the Western Wall and stand weeping against that wall. It is one of the most tragic things on all this earth that He has already come and they are longing for Him to come. And by the Spirit of grace, God opens their eyes and there are many that are being swept into the kingdom. Actually, listen, what's so encouraging, a lot of them are young people. Young people in their thousands are being swept into the kingdom of God presently in Israel as God is pouring out His Spirit upon Israel. 
Israel is a cup of trembling. There, there will be, and it will unfold, and it could be very soon. But listen carefully, and I, I, we were just talking yesterday, and I felt, I felt it so strong in my spirit. And just at the back, anybody ever remember Brexit? Remember them days? You thought that was the end of the world then, but then with COVID and with everything else, we were exhausted with Brexit as we watched the politicians. The show goes on. You can't believe hardly one word comes out of any of their mouths. And at the end of all of that, at the end of that year, 2019, and into 2020, I can remember clearly that I was really pressed one night. I, I know it was up late into the hours, but I'm not saying this in any way. But I knew that God was saying, you've got to be ready because this is nothing to what's coming. There's about to be a change politically on a world scale. It's not even going to just be our wee country. You know, we're like, you know, this is, this is the end of the world here. You know, it's just us and nobody else. But it was going to be something on a world stage that would take place. And I had no idea what that was. But I believe we have now plunged into the depths of this. And there's going to be the unfolding of events that are going to take place. And one of these things, underneath the radar, if you like, what has been taking place, Jerusalem is a cup of trembling. I want you to listen carefully. And as a, as a cup of, there's going to be a war there where two-thirds are going to die. I mean, we have seen nothing yet. But that's what the Bible tells us. There's about to be a war that will break out there. I don't know exactly when, but I know it's going to happen. The prophetic calendar is ticking. God is moving. God is preparing. God is shaking. God is judging the earth. But God's word is going to be fulfilled. In Zechariah chapter 14, it tells us there in verse 1 that the, the day of the Lord comes and the spoil and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I shall gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half the city shall go forth into captivity. The residue of the people shall, be, shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. When he fought in the day of battle. And then it says these words, remember, he'll reign in Mount Zion and in the city of Jerusalem. But it says these words, I want you to listen very carefully. And his feet, whose feet? Whose feet? The Bible says, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. How many people believe the Bible? His feet, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives, this is what happens, shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Half the mountain shall remove toward the north, half of it shall move towards the south. But it shall be the one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that evening time it shall be light. In other words, the, the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at that, at that point or that moment and the feet of Jesus, the nail pierced feet of Christ, literally will step down onto the Mount of Olives with all His power and all His glory and all His majesty and all His might. And at that moment, you know, those Muslims you know have 
buried their dead across that eastern gate to make sure that the Jewish Messiah can't come into contact with death. Those we men have got the trials and cement out and put the breeze blocked up on the eastern gate. Listen, let me tell you, friends, not your trial or your little breeze block on that day when Christ lands on the Mount of Olives. That mountain's going to open. That eastern gate is going to burst forth. That Christ is going to come in all His glory and all His power and all His majesty and all the world and all their wisdom and all their knowledge and all their technology and all their social media at that moment. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, I I am just simply, I suppose I could just say it as it is, but I'm just simple enough to believe the Bible. Are you hearing me? I'm just simple enough to believe what it says. In other words, what I'm saying to you this morning, I'm a literalist. If the Bible says it, anyone else believe it? If the Bible says the thing, then I'm a believer. I'm a believer this morning. Are you a believer? Someone once said to me, do you honestly, literally believe that Jesus Christ will come again? And his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives and the mountain will open. I says, yes. I do believe that. Why do I believe it? Because the Bible says it. What has happened with our intellect, with all our theology, with all our books, with all our CDs, with all our libraries? With all the advancement of what we have in this day, we've just moved away from simply believing. If the book says it, I believe it. I believe, friends, I believe in a literal six-day creation. God created the heavens and the earth and everything within the heavens and the earth in six literal days. I believe that. I believe there was a man called Noah that built an ark to the saving of his family. I believe it, friends. I believe there was a man called Abraham and a woman called Sarah and he was 100 years old and she was 90 and they had a baby called Isaac. I believe it. Because the Bible says it. I believe there was a man called Moses That led two million people out of Egypt and God parted the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. See, I believe this. I believe that there was manna that came from heaven and there was a rock. There was a what? There was a rock that water poured out off to feed two million people and their cattle. Anybody else believe this? I believe there's a man called Joshua went into that land and there was walls that were four meters high and two meters wide and they just gave up a great shout on the seventh day and God pulled down the I believe this. I believe that there was a man called Joshua that pleaded with God to stop the sun and the sky and the moon. Listen. And God stopped the sun, listen, and he stopped the moon in their tracks that they would be offended of their enemies. Anyone else believe it? But it's scientifically impossible. Praise God, we serve the God of the impossible. I believe there's a man called Samson with the jawbone of an ass 
that slew a thousand Philistines. That's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I believe there was a shepherd boy called David and with a catapult he took out a giant that was nine foot six high and with a catapult he took him out. Anyone else believe that? I believe that Solomon built a house for the glory of God and I believe that the glory and the fire and the power of Almighty God descended into that house and every priest and every Levite fell upon their faces and they worshipped the Lord as the glory filled that temple. I believe there's a prophet called Elijah and he went to heaven in a chariot of fire. Anyone else believe it? I believe... That there was a man called Jonah that was swallowed by a whale. And I would believe it if the Bible said the whale swallowed Jonah or Jonah swallowed the whale. I'd still believe it. But there's something wrong with you. Yes, I'm a believer. I believe that there's a young virgin girl called Mary who was impregnated by the Holy Ghost and birthed the Son of God, fully God and fully man into this world. And His name's Jesus and He'll save His people from their sins. I believe He lived a sinless life, healed the sick, opened blinded eyes, opened deaf ears, raised the dead. I believe that He died on a cross for me and for you. I believe that His blood has never lost any of His ancient power. I believe on the third day He rose. I believe in a resurrection. I believe He ascended up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And I believe He gave us the Holy Ghost that would all be filled with the power of a living God. I believe this morning, friends, as someone prayed it, that when, when the believers pray and when the church sing that all of hell is trembling, I believe He's able to keep that which I've committed against Him against that day. I believe this morning, friend, listen, that if His eye is on the sparrow, then His eye is on you. I believe this morning that He knows everything that I need. I believe He still sets the captive free. I believe He still delivers the oppressed. I believe He still heals the sick. I'm a believer. My God, where's the believers today? I believe in the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That's what the Bible says. That's what I have. That's what you have this morning. I believe, friends, that I don't have to fear COVID, vaccine passports, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, or the tribulation, because I'm more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I believe that we're living in the last days. And the reason I'm a believer is because I believe this. I believe in 66 books. I believe in Genesis to Revelation. I believe it's divinely inspired. I believe it's the inerrant, infallible, living Word of Almighty God. And I believe every part of it. Because I believe it, friends. When that individual asked me, do you actually believe that Jesus' feet will touch down on the mountain of olives and the mountains will break open? I'm a believer. I'm a believer. You see, this is more, some might say he's doing some ranting this morning. Some might say it's just a preacher's rant. But I want to tell you something. It's a declaration of faith. It's a declaration of faith. Oh, we hear all the bits and bobs and all of this and that. 
and all the debating and all the ins and outs and all the... Listen, friends, I'm a believer. We just need believers. We just need someone that's going to believe him, take him at his word and say, yes, I'm a believer. His feet shall stand in that day, listen carefully, on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east and the west. And there's going to be a great valley. And half the mountain shall remove to the north, half of it toward the south. Friends, what do we do when Babylon falls? What do we do when the judgments of God are poured out upon the nations of the world? It's already begun. Listen carefully. It's already begun. It's happening. Young people, it's happening in your generation. It's happening in your lifetime. These are one of the most awesome and exciting days for a Christian to be alive. The last of the last days. God sovereignly somehow has chosen that we be born in this generation. That we be brought up in this generation. And we quite likely, in my opinion, is an opinion, but we quite likely are going to witness the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a day to be alive. What a day to be a believer. What a day to be washed in the blood. What a day to glorify the Lord in the fires. What a day, friends. So what do we do? Some had said, so what do we do, Tim? What do we do if there's a financial collapse? There will be. Listen, there will be. It's not if there will be one. There will be one. Listen carefully. What do we do? What do Christians do? What are you going to do, friend, if there's a financial collapse? What are you going to do if the government's collapsed? What are you going to do the next time that you go to the cash machine with your card and you're standing there trying to remember your number? And then I remembered it. And you put your number in and you're trying to get 20 pounds out and it says none available. It's not because your account's empty. What are you going to do, friends, when there can't be a paycheck? Oh, that doesn't happen here. We're going to be raptured out of all of this. It's happening to believers all across the world today. I got an email yesterday from a dear brother away up in the north part of India in a place called Lucknow and they're burning the bodies in the fields and out in the streets and they're living. Friends, I want to tell you, we have it good. And we don't think it should happen to us in our wee province. We don't think it should happen here. But what happens if it does happen? What happens if we're stripped of everything? What happens if with nothing? What happens in the morning? Like Job of old, that we'll lose the house, we'll lose the business, we'll lose everything. What about it then? Habakkuk the prophet said these words, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vines, the labor of the olive shall, be, shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Doesn't sound great, sure it doesn't. But this is what he says in verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. You see, in the fire there's a people that are going to rejoice. It's not dependent on what I have in the bank. 
That's not dependent on the house that I live in. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm thankful for a wife and four sons. I'm thankful for clothes on my back. I'm thankful for a breakfast this morning. I'm thankful for health and strength to be at the house of God. I'm thankful for the liberty we have to come to God's house. I'm thankful for the blessings of the Lord that are upon His people every... I'm thankful, but if He takes all the blessings away, all the material possessions, and the bank account's emptied in the morning... Let me tell you, friends, we've still got a song that the devil can't take. We're still rejoicing in the God of our salvation. If it's dependent on the stuff and the things and the money and the business, if it's dependent on material possessions, if it's dependent on all those things, friends, I want to tell you, find the pearl of greatest price and His name is Jesus. The trial of our faith is more precious than gold that perishes. But it will be tried. Listen, it will be tried. Oh, there's a lot of people have gone to too many of those conferences and there's people there, rapture ready, t-shirts on, selling hats ready for the rapture, videos, what to do if you miss the rapture. You can get it all today, friends. Let me tell you something. I just know one thing. I may not get it all right, and I probably won't get it all right, but I know one thing this morning. I'll keep walking and being a believer. I'll keep singing the songs of sand. I'll keep believing the Lord. And when He comes, I'm ready. You see, there's a people, there's a remnant that are going to glorify the Lord in the fire. They're going to glorify the Lord in the fire. There's a harvest. The trees have been shaken. There's a few up on that tree. I believe there's a few here. I believe there's a few all over this nation. I believe there's a few all over Ireland. I believe there's a remnant all over this world. And the old tree's been shaken. There's been a great apostasy, of course. There's been a great falling away. We see now the trials and we see the tribulations and we see the judgments of the Lord. Oh, you see, we think we can live any way we want. We think we can make any laws we want. We think we can do whatever we want and God, well, who believes in that stuff anymore? I tell you, there's a few in here are still believers. But what comes out of that is a people, though they be trier, tried with fire are going to be found under the praise and the honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these present sufferings, friend, listen to me. Sometimes we can get bogged down in the sufferings, bogged down in the difficulties, bogged down in the trials, bogged down in the, oh, poor me. But listen, these present sufferings are not to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. Nothing. The people that get the victory, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of the Lord. They sing the song of the Lamb. Do you know what they sing? Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thy keen of saints. Who, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. See, there's a people 
and I believe I'm looking at them this morning, are going to glorify the Lord in the fire. You see, the heat is turned up and it will continue. Anyone feel the heat? I'm not just talking about the natural one here, but do you feel the heat? But that's the time when God's people come forth and they glorify the Lord. What makes us different? What makes us different? My God, something terrible has happened. I've said it often. I'm going to say it again because it's a shocking thing. I've wondered what has happened to the church in these days. What has happened to the people of faith? What has happened? What has happened? My God, what has happened? When we're a different type of people, we're believers. We're believers, that's what we are. And we glorify the Lord in the fire. Can I tell you something? Just glorify the Lord in the fire. We're the salt. We're the light. We're the people of God. We're believers. My God, we're believers. And let's believe Him this morning. Let's glorify the Lord. Can I tell you something? This might sound like, oh Tim, that's maybe the wrong note to finish on. But I'll finish on whatever note the Lord leads me on. Let me tell you something, friends. The fire is going to really increase. The heat's really going to be turned up. If you don't know that as the remnant, I know you do. But what are we going to be in this? What are you going to be in this? I'll tell you what I'm going to be. It's very simple. I'm just going to be a believer. I'm just going to be a believer. Richard, I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to keep believing the Lord. I'm going to believe for your healing. I'm going to believe for your deliverance. I'm going to believe you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to believe for a harvest of souls. I'm going to believe for bound the hands. going to believe that God will finish this building. I'm going to believe that God will move in Belfast. I'm going to believe that God's going to move in Kilkeel. Because I'm a believer. My God, what has happened to believers? We're believers this morning. And we sing these songs in the fire. Thank God for the fire. Thank God for the fire. Let's stand together this morning. Father, we thank you this day, O oh God. We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would stir our hearts afresh this morning. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes that can see. Lord, we want to be your people that you've called us to be in these days. Lord, we pray, Lord, even as that word came forth this morning, that our whole focus, Lord, would not be in the mountains, or in the tribulations, but we'd be on Him this morning. Lord, our eyes are not on the trials, on the Antichrist, on the mark. Lord, on the COVID, on whatever else is happening. Our eyes, Lord, this morning aren't even on the things that are happening across this world. But Lord, You've told us that our eyes are to be upon You. And oh God, this morning I pray that You'd fill every believer in this room with the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you'd baptize us. Lord, we need an old-time baptism in the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord, we need the fire, Lord of God, to burn up the death, the dross, Lord, the apathy, Lord, the murmuring, the complaining, Lord, the self-pity. Lord, we need it all burnt up, Lord, in your house. And Lord, we need a vessel, Lord, Lord, that's going to glorify you, glorify the Lord in the fire, O oh God. Oh, Jesus, this morning, Lord, you're everything to us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you deliver us from the fear of death. Lord, I thank you you deliver us, Lord, from the fear of man. Lord, I thank you this morning that you break the snare, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would, Lord, step out as it were, Lord, from 
where we are in a spiritual sense, Lord. But Lord, step into the fullness of what you have for us. Oh God, Lord, we have one life to live, Lord. Lord, we're not getting another run at this thing, Lord. This is it. And oh God, this morning we don't want to be entangled with the affairs of this world. Lord, we don't want to be trailed in, Lord, to all the debates and the arguments, Lord, because one day, oh God, one day you're going to step down onto that mountain, oh God. Oh, Father, I believe we'll see it with our own eyes, Lord. Lord, I believe we'll see your glory, Lord. Lord, we believe we'll see it, Lord, in all its fullness, Lord. And Lord, if I'm wrong in that, Lord, I believe we'll see it, Lord. But I know, Lord, whether you come or call, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be ready, Lord. Lord, I just want to be a believer. Oh, I just want to be a believer. Lord, I just believe it this morning. Oh, God, forgive me, Lord, if my words, Lord, have been a bit loose in some way, Lord. But Lord, I just want to be a believer. Oh, God, I want to be a believer. Lord, in the name of Jesus this morning, Lord, fill our hearts with faith to believe this almighty God. Lord, we want to believe you this morning. Oh, Jesus, Lord, in the name of the Lord, we pray, Lord. Lord, would you set us all on fire? Oh, God, set us ablaze, Lord. Set us on fire, Lord. Lord, we don't want to just know it in our head, Lord. Lord, are written down on a bit of paper. Lord, we want the reality. Lord, of the fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we don't want to rest on getting baptized in the Holy Ghost 150 years ago. Lord, we need an up-to-date experience with God. Oh, Father, we pray, Lord. Lord, there will not be a people that always are looking back, but Lord, we'll be able to say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Lord, we want to be able to say, such as I have. Oh, God, this morning, would you fill every person in this room that knows you, Lord and Savior, afresh with the Holy Ghost. Lord, if there's those that are not saved, backslidden. Lord, there's people cold in heart in this room. Lord, oh God, we're praying for your mercy, Lord. Only by your Spirit you can open the eyes and open the ears. Lord, there's people here, Lord, not saved. Lord, unless you move, Lord, we realize that we cannot create an anxious thought. But Lord, you're coming. And the urgency of that, Lord, grips our heart and our plea is for all to be ready. For all to be saved. Lord, Save in this house today, Lord. Save souls, Lord. Oh, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, would you fill each one of us with the Holy Ghost, Lord. As we wait upon you this morning, as the musicians we come, Lord. Lord, we're just going to wait and allow you to minister to hearts today, Lord, and every person in this room, Lord that desires to know you and to be filled with you, Lord, would you fill them right where they are. Lord, fill us all afresh this morning, Lord. Touch us by your mighty power that we will glorify the Lord in the fire. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I thank you this morning, Lord. Fill our hearts afresh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of the living God, would you fall afresh upon us this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.